Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining our broadcast today. We sure appreciate each and every one of you communicating with us and letting us know how much this program is blessing your life. It's always a joy knowing that you're touching people's lives and that they're learning from the Word of God and it's enabling them to live life the way God wanted them to live it, and that is victoriously. Praise God. Today, we've got a special program that we're going to show you. I'm going to take you into a service, actually, at Pastor Keith Moore's church in Branson, Missouri. We were on our Chariots of Light Christian Biker Ozark tour back during the month of May, and one of the churches that we preached in during that tour was Keith Moore's church. Keith and Phyllis Moore, great people, wonderful ministers, close friends of ours. We've known them for many, many years, and we had an awesome service. In that meeting, I was speaking on the subject of the pathway to a flourishing lifestyle. The pathway to a flourishing lifestyle. God wants you to flourish. Many of you have been watching our broadcast over the last few months, and you remember the prophetic word was from the Lord that in 2017, the faithful shall flourish, and it will be like days of heaven on earth. There is a path that leads to a flourishing lifestyle. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. It also says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. So there are two paths. The world's on a path and God's people have a path. God's path leads to life and life more abundantly. The world's path leads to destruction. Which path do you want to get on? Let me share with you from this special program how that you can get on God's path and it will lead to a lifestyle of abundance, a lifestyle of flourishing. Watch closely now. You're going to enjoy this. Remember now, I'm not in a suit. I'm in chariots of light attire. It's a motorcycle rally. So watch now and be blessed by it. Psalm 16, I'd like to begin reading in verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Notice he very clearly states that there is this path of life. Everybody say path of life. God has a path of life. In Psalm 25, verse 4, it says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. And then in Psalm 65, 11, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. The New International Version says, Your path overflows with abundance. Notice God has a path. But the Bible also says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. So this is telling us that there are two paths. The world has a path, God has a path. Can you say amen? The world has a path and God has a path. And the world's path leads to destruction because it's self-centered. It's not focused on others. It's not focused on God. It's self-centered. And that's the reason it leads to destruction. Another uh, translation says devastation. And I found a, 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 a kind of a, a paraphrased translation. It says 
wipe out. <laughs> It'll lead to wipe out. Amen. And so notice there are two paths that a person can choose from. There is the path that the world has, then the God has a path. Now you get on God's path when you make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen. I'll never forget the day that that happened to me, February the 11th, 1969. Prior to that, I was on the world's path, and it was certainly leading to destruction. Now, I knew God as a young boy. Uh, my mom and dad were, uh, you know, took us to the Baptist church. We were country people. There was a little uh, wood frame church down at the end of our road, and, and uh, mom and dad took us to the Baptist church, and our pastor, he loved God, no doubt about it. But at the same time, he certainly wasn't as knowledgeable in the things that perhaps you and I just take for granted today. Uh, you know, it seemed like to me every sermon I heard him preach was, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's none righteous, no, not one. And it was always just a condemnation kind of message, you know, and... and uh, He'd invite people to get saved. It looked like to me the same group got saved about every week. You know, I know my sister, she wore out the baptismal. She got baptized about four times. I don't know whether it ever took or not, you know, but, but it finally did, praise God. She got on the path, you know, but it was not a good news gospel. It was mostly condemnation. And as soon as I got big enough to refuse to go, I didn't want to go anymore. And so, uh, you know, I'm on the path of the world, and it's leading to destruction. Now notice once again, it's revealed in the scriptures we just read, there are two paths. One, the world's own, and it leads to destruction. The path of God leads to life. Now Jesus said in the 10th chapter of John, verse 10, I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Everybody say abundant life. Look at your neighbor and say abundant life. The Amplified reads this way. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full and until it overflows. Notice that. It's not just eternal life, which is certainly a vital part of it. You make Jesus Lord of your life and you experience eternal life. Thank God that's your guarantee that heaven is your home. Praise God. But notice in the Amplified it says, I not only came that you might have life, eternal life, but I've come that you might enjoy life. You know, there's a lot of Christians not enjoying life. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> a lot of Christians that I know, I mean, I've met a lot of Christians that are not enjoying life. You know, it's, 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 it's more of, uh, a chore to them to serve God. It's more of a, you know, a religious obligation. It's not to me. This is the best life I, that I could ever imagine, praise God. In fact, the message translation says, better life than you've ever dreamed of. How many of you are presently living better life than you ever dreamed, praise God? I am. I'm living a, a far better life than I ever dreamed possible. If anybody had told me as a young boy that serving God would produce the kind of life that I'm presently living, I would have surrendered my life to him at an early age. But that's not what they told me. You know, I mean, I'd go to church every once in a while and, 
And uh, it looked like to me that the only time they had any joy was about 15 minutes during the song service. And after the service, they'd go back home and get back in the grind and, you know, and, and uh, just, just existing. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full and until it overflows. Look at somebody and tell them, <clears throat> I'm supposed to be enjoying life. I wish you'd have said that with a little more enthusiasm. <laughs> Smile real big and say, I'm supposed to be enjoying life. <clears throat> and if any of you are, why don't you give the Lord a shout for it? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. I'm supposed to be enjoying life. Amen. Jesus said uh, in, in the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do you want to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy life? You can enjoy life down here. If you get off that path that the world's on and get on the path to life, God's path, amen. You know, I'm looking forward to heaven, but I'm not in a hurry to get there. I'm enjoying life down here. Amen. I look forward to going to heaven, but I don't go around praying all the time, come quickly Lord Jesus. Oh, dear Jesus, get us out of this. No, I'm enjoying life. Man, you know, I had a, a cousin. Uh, <clears throat> he and I used to run together, you know, and, and uh, after I surrendered my life to the Lord and I'd been in the ministry a couple of years, I hadn't seen him in a while, and, and uh, I ran into him and I went to where he lived in Oklahoma. And uh, he said, you know, you used to be cool said, uh, I wanted to be like you when we were growing up. He was a couple of years younger than me. He said, I thought you were cool. He said, but you don't have any fun anymore now that you're a preacher, do you? I said, are you kidding me? I'm having more fun than I ever had before I came to Christ. I said, when's the last time you laid your hands on somebody and God healed them of some incurable disease? When's the last time you laid your hands on somebody and blind eyes open and cripples walk? When's the last time you ever seen someone demon-possessed get totally set free? He said, i never seen any of that. I said, then you're the one not having any fun. <laughs> Amen. I'm having more fun now than I ever did. And not only that, I'm still cool. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So notice he said, I've come that they might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Once again, the message says, better life than they've ever dreamed. So God's path not only leads to eternal life, but it leads to a life of abundance. Can you say amen to that? Amen. A life of abundance. And once again, it says that we are to enjoy this kind of life. Notice, once again, the message says, better life than you ever dreamed. So why aren't more Christians enjoying life? Why aren't more Christians living a life today that is better than they ever dreamed? Maybe they're not staying on the path. Maybe they got on the path when they received Christ. But the Bible talks about Jesus himself. This is a narrow path. Amen. Narrow is the way. And few there be that go that way. It's a narrow path. 
And the reason it's a narrow path is because it requires discipline. Well, I lost my crowd again. It's a narrow path because not everybody wants to engage in a disciplined life. Amen. Uh, a disciple, a, a true disciple is a disciplined one. That's where the word came from. Disciple is a disciplined one. You get on this path and it requires a disciplined lifestyle. Amen. And, and it requires uh, that you give God's Word first place in your life and make it final authority. It's a life, it's a path where you determine that you're no longer moved by what you feel, no longer moved by what you see, no longer moved by what you hear. You're only moved by what you believe and you believe the Word of God. And, and, there, and, and many Christians... They, they can't handle that, you know. I began, Brother Copeland was the first person that I heard teach on faith, and then seemed like every time he taught on it, he brought up Kenneth Hagin. And so as soon as I uh, was able uh, to acquire Kenneth Hagin material, back in those days, reel-to-reel tapes, and, and he had just a handful of books, then I, I thought, well, if Kenneth Copeland listens to this Kenneth Hagin, then I need to listen to him, you know. And, and he talked about this disciplined lifestyle. He talked about faith and, and you know, and, and I, I realized real quick that in order to live the kind of life that God wanted me to live, that it's going to take some making demands on myself. Amen. And, and, and quit being so loose in my lifestyle and quit allowing everybody else to determine the way I should live. Amen. And so I got on this path, and I found out real quick that I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Not a, not a lot of people got on the path with me. In fact, many of them were trying to talk me out of it. Watch out for that faith stuff. Be careful for that faith stuff. What are you talking about? Well, you know, those people are not balanced. That Kenneth Copeland's not balanced. What are, you, what are you defining balance as? A little unbelief and a little faith? That's not balance. A little religious tradition, a little faith? That's not balance. That's confusion. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, and when I did meet Kenneth Copeland, you know, I, he'd come there a couple of times and, and I met him and uh, uh, got to talk to him you know, and for a few moments. And it, it became very apparent to me that this man lives a disciplined lifestyle. And it became apparent to me that's the reason why God's doing what he's doing in his life. Amen. He's on that path. And then when Brother Copeland invited me to come to work for him, dear God, man, I, I, I felt, you know, somewhat dirty being around him sometimes because he was so disciplined. And, and he, didn't, he didn't do it legalistically. He was just protecting his faith, you know. And uh, I'd get around him, you know, and I'd travel with him back in those days. He went nowhere without me, you know, Gloria and me. And uh, every time we needed to do this and we needed to do that, I was we Savell. I did it all. <laughs> <clears throat> but he became 
in those meetings that I, I was with him on, that became my seminary. And, and the beautiful thing was I was not only learning the Word, I was getting to watch somebody who was a doer of the Word. He didn't preach one thing and live another way. He was doing the Word. And he was just as disciplined at home as he was in the pulpit. Amen. I remember one time he asked me to take him to the airport <clears throat> and he said, uh, there's no need in you going. He said, I'm just going to be gone for the day and I'll be back uh, later this afternoon. And he said, but I need for you to take me to the airport. And it was a cold, cold winter day and, and my old car was shot and uh, we're driving along there and he said, Jerry, turn the heater up. <laughs> I said, Brother Copeland, I finally got to use one of his lines. Don't be moved by what you feel. It's on wide open. <laughs> I felt so good being able to say that to Kenneth Copeland. Don't be moved by what you feel, Brother Copeland. It's on high right now. Hallelujah. He said, the heater's on. I said, wide open. <laughs> he said, well, it's not blowing any air. I said, don't be moved by what you feel. He just laughed at me, you know, and I said, and by the way, uh, you use your faith in this car. This, it only responds to faith. And I said, and the transmission slips, and we're about to make a left turn. The traffic's coming your way, and I cannot promise you this car will make it through the turn, so you better keep praying in the Spirit, okay? And if it doesn't make the turn, don't be moved by what you see. <laughs> and we're driving along there and boy, he's freezing. And finally he said, in the name of Jesus, I command this heater to work. It, it got so hot in my car, I finally had to turn it off. I said, Brother Copeland, you need to ride around with me more often, praise God. <laughs> Amen. He was teaching me this disciplined lifestyle. See, I, I was on the path and I knew I could tell in his life what being on this path would produce. And I, I, I'll be grateful the longest day of my life for God giving me that opportunity to watch somebody who lived it. Not just preached it, but lived it every day of his life. And I've been associated him, with him now for 47 of my 48 years and he's still living it today just like he did back then, praise God. And I thank God for that that honor of being able to observe somebody that stayed on the path all these years and what it has produced, praise God. Amen. Amen. So it's a narrow path and not a whole lot of people want on that path because there are certain demands. And charismatics don't like the word demands. They don't like the word discipline. To them, that sounds like bondage. But if you're going to live for God, it requires discipline. Amen. It requires discipline. Pastor Keith and Phyllis, they wouldn't be in the place that they are today uh, and, and, and God doing with them what, what He's doing with them uh, if, if, it, if they weren't living a disciplined lifestyle. Amen. They got on the path. You ought to thank God that you can come to a church where there's a pastor who's still on the path. Amen. Amen. A lot of people get off the path because 
Once again, it requires discipline. To not be moved by what you feel. To not be moved by what you see. Paul said, looking not at those things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How do you look at something that can't be seen? He's talking about through the eye of faith. You see things that other people can't see. You may not be seeing anything happening, but I, I, I promise you, while you're sitting right here, listening to me, hanging on to every word coming out of my mouth, hopefully, praise God, God is working behind the scenes right now, rearranging things, changing things, preparing for your major breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. But that requires staying on the path. Amen. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where he blesses quitters. Can't find anywhere in the Bible where he blesses those who try. You can't be a trier of the word. You got to be a doer of the word. Amen? How many of you men remember that wedding ceremony? Did the preacher ask you, do you take this woman for your wife? I'll try. <laughs> You'll do what? I'll try. No, you, you don't try marriage, you do marriage. Amen? That's the reason so many marriages are breaking up because they're trying marriage. You got to make a commitment. Amen? I asked Jesse one time, Jesse DePlanish, you know that little guy from South Louisiana? He's he my little brother. I'm, I'm older than Jesse. He's my little brother. Even though he's half inch taller. He, th he really gets joy out of being half inch taller. But I'm the oldest. And so uh, anyway, I asked Jesse one time, have you and Kathy ever considered divorce? At any time, divorce? He said, divorce? No. Murder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. No, you, you can't always be, you, when you get on this path, you can't always be looking for excuses to give up. Amen. Because the devil is ready and willing to give you several. Amen. You get on this path and you stay on this path. And it may be the hardest thing you've ever attempted in your life at first but eventually becomes a lifestyle. Amen. I don't, I, don't, I don't have temptations any longer to get off this path. It's the path to life, to the abundant life. Life filled to the full and overflowing. Why would I ever want to get off this path? Can you say amen? Amen. I think you ought to give the Lord another shout. Praise God. At a time when unemployment, bankruptcy, and home foreclosures seem all too common, is it possible for believers to live a lifestyle of flourishing? The answer is yes. In the powerful book, Every Day a Blessing Day, Jerry Savelle demonstrates how it was God's intent from the beginning for mankind to experience His blessing daily. Discover the keys to experiencing this lifestyle, including understanding the principles of blessing, appropriating the power of God's blessing, and how positive expectancy opens the door to blessing. In the revealing two-CD series, Positioning Your 
yourself to experience God's continual blessing, you will discover that the blessing will empower you to prosper, succeed, increase, excel, and rise above. Uncover the principles necessary to position yourself to flow in God's original plan of blessing. You can walk the path to a lifestyle of flourishing. Call now or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, including Every Day of Blessing Day and positioning yourself to experience God's continual blessing. Start living the lifestyle of blessing that God has for you today. What a great way to share Christ, riding motorcycles. I'm telling you, God has so many ways that we can reach the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Or Roberts told me many years ago that when Jesus said that, he not only meant geographically, but go into every man's world. That's what we're doing through Chariots of Light. We're invading the motorcycle world. And listen, if you're interested in joining us on one of the Chariots of Light tours, our next tour is October the 18th through the 22nd in California. It's going to be a great tour. We have a lot of members in the California area, and it's going to be an awesome time sharing Christ and hearing the gospel and having wonderful fellowship. So we have these three criteria for being a Chariots of Light member. Number one, you have to have a passion for God. Number two, you have to have a passion for souls. And number three, you enjoy riding motorcycles. And we keep it in that order. So if you like riding motorcycles and you have a passion for God and you want to win souls, this ministry has an opportunity for you to be a part. So log on, find out how you can become a member of Chariots of Light. And all the others, if you're not interested in motorcycles, please pray for us in all of our tours. We are endeavoring to win as many people to Christ as we possibly can. You know, I grew up riding motorcycles. I gave it away, uh, put that aside when I went into the ministry, but God gave it back to me and said, turn what was once your passion into a tool of ministry. So that's what we're doing. And listen to this before we leave the air. Last year, 2016, 51,776 people came to Christ through Chariots of Light. 14,019 have already come to Christ just during uh, 2017 up to the month of May. A total of 147,334 people have come to Christ since we formed this outreach. What a great way to win souls. Please join me again next week. We're going to continue this message in Keith Moore's church entitled The Pathway to a Flourishing Lifestyle. Thank you for joining me today. I'll see you again next week. Next week. No matter what's going on in the world, our path says 
uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Hallelujah. On this path, you have no worries. On this path, you have no fear. On this path, you know that God has promised, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You wake up every morning and, and expect, praise God, God to show up and manifest in unusual ways. Hallelujah. He's the God of surprises. Glory to God. 